be fine. I think I could uh, do it without a microphone. I'm so excited about what God's doing. I praise the Lord for what he's doing. Anybody else? If you don't know it, he's up to Jehovah sneaky stuff. If you don't know it, God's actually moving whether you feel it or not. So you might as well just tell your spirit, man, hey, I better get on board. Encourage them. And Father, I pray today that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation today, that we might know your heart more today, that we might know you, the living God. And so, Father, I thank you for the word of God. Let us have fun in your word today. Let us go where you want us to go. And Lord, we thank you for it in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, so are you under the influence? You know, a couple weeks ago, I, I shared uh, about the election and voting, and I asked us, are we under the influence? And I'm going to continue on today uh, on that vein of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm, I'm talking, I'm a kind of, we started a series on the Holy Spirit, and so I did start the title as uh, The Supernatural Power and Presence of the Holy Spirit, but I think I'm going to just title the message Under the Influence, because I think we need to be under the influence. And I don't think we need to be under the influence once a week. I think we need to be un under the, his influence every day, every moment. The Bible says live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the sins of the flesh. And so anybody else want to live by the Spirit? Amen. Amen. You know, you've heard this term or you've heard this phrase. <clears throat> if you have the Spirit without the Word, you'll blow up. If you have the Word without the Spirit you'll dry up. But if you have the Spirit and the Word, you'll grow up. Have you ever heard that? See, you can't have just the Holy Spirit with not the Word of God because you'll, you'll, you'll blow up and you'll just, you'll just be a charismatic, charismatic Tasmanian devil. And, and you'll just spin around and you'll, you'll spin up and you'll actually eventually blow up because you have no Word foundation of the Word of God. And, and, and if you have just the Word of God without the Spirit... You dry up, you get really dry, and you don't have the presence of God blowing over the Word of God because you need the Spirit of God. You need the Holy Ghost in order to, uh, to, in order to open the Word of God. And so if you don't have the Word without the Spirit, you're, you're going to dry up. But man, the body of Christ in this hour has got to grow up. And the only way we're going to grow up is when we mix the Word of God with the power of the Spirit. And we begin to grow up. And, and so that's why we're emphasizing the Spirit of God right now. We've always emphasized the Spirit of God. And we need more word, there is no doubt. But I, I've been wanting to lay a foundation of the, of the Holy Spirit. And I started in the Old Testament a couple weeks ago. And I want to continue to press in on that. Because it's really important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit has always been around. The Holy, it's not just a new covenant thing. It's not just this New Testament uh, thing the Holy Spirit has been around from the very beginning and and I shared several weeks ago how even at cre creation how the Holy Spirit at creation it says in Genesis chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit was hovering quivering over creation as, as the earth was being formed he was just there waiting on the command of God and he was hovering over the face of the water, and, it, and, and, and he was just waiting on the command of God. Because I said a couple weeks ago that the Holy Spirit, again, is the power behind God. 
He's the unction behind God. He is the one that when, when, we, when, we, when we talk about God doing things and the power of God manifesting on the earth, the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth, we're talking about Holy Spirit. We're talking about him manifesting himself in and through us. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. That you are to be a manifester of the Spirit of God. That you are to be under his influence. Even this morning as worship was going and people were sensing things from the Spirit of God and as they come to us and we began to share and we got, gosh, what part do we share? What not part do we share? Is this for that person? Is this a corporate word? You know, there's constant moving of the Spirit of God and you're trying to discern what needs to be shared publicly, what needs to be that that's for, for that person. I mean, it, because the Spirit of God is where that stuff moves from. But it's God in His heart he has purposed things. He has things. We are on assignment. Every one of us in this room have an assignment from heaven. You're not just to be a pew potato. Thank God we don't have pews. You're not supposed to be a church chair potato. You're, the goal of God is not for you just to come here on a Sunday morning and, and have fun and then go home. But there is a purpose. There's an assignment for your life. Even Alger began to touch on it this morning as he felt compelled by the Spirit of God that from the beginning, God knew you before the foundations of the earth. Jeremiah 1.9 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I have plans for you. Say, God has a plan for me. Say it again. God has a plan for me. Teenagers, say it. God has a plan for me. Yeah, thank you, Joey. I got a plan for me. I thought it was to be sleeping right now. God has a plan for us, a plan to bless us and to prosper us, to give us hope and a future. But that future has to be connected to the purpose of God. Otherwise, we just build nice houses and white picket fence and 2.5 kids and a dog. And we think that's what life was all about. And all of a sudden, we're building our kingdom rather than the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I'm just getting warmed up. Praise God. Before I forget it, too, as I get into the message, just so you guys know, those who are going to be voting in two weeks, uh, Paula Glasser has done a great job out at the Welcome Center with information about who votes and who stands on what so that you can get educated and informed by who has a better biblical worldview and a policy in their hearts. And so I really encourage you to pick that information up. We've made a lot of copies. We've spent money to do it so that people can get educated because, unfortunately, in the body of Christ, it does take a lot of research to find out what people believe in and what candidates are standing for. And very few people in the body of Christ are going to look. And so we've tried to provide that for you to make it easy for you. So hopefully we haven't enabled you to be lazy, but hey, if we have, it's okay too. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Where were we? By the way, there's a bird. Spirit hovering. There we go. Can we have fun with the Word of God today? Amen. So a few weeks ago, again, we talked about how God, uh, or the Holy Spirit, He is so precious and how he manifests in, in our lives, and how he manifests through wind. Uh, we talked about how uh, the word for the Holy Spirit is the word, the Hebrew word ruach, and that, that Hebrew word ruach means spirit, 
And so when, even in the Old Testament, when uh, Moses was getting ready to cross the Red Sea, you know, the Bible says that God provided an east wind, Ruach, uh, to blow, and it separated the Red Sea, and the children of Israel were able to walk through on dry land. That word Ruach, wind, is the word spirit. And so again, it was the Spirit of God, which was, is the power of God, that actually separated the water. It wasn't a natural wind. It was a supernatural wind. Everybody say supernatural. It was a supernatural wind, Ruach, Holy Spirit, was the wind that separated the water to perform the purpose of God so that the children of Israel could be delivered on dry ground. And then Ruach, Holy Ghost, then quit blowing and it came down over the Egyptians and consumed the enemies of the Lord. God is really about protecting his people. God is really about getting things to his people. And so we talked about how the Spirit of God is wind, the Spirit of God is breath, that he breathed into the nostrils of man, and life came. So the purpose of God was to bring life. Holy Spirit was the power, the breath that came into man. It was the Holy Spirit that came into man through the breath of God, the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit was wind. And he was breath. But today what I'm going to talk about is the third aspect of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is, is, is the spirit of ecstasy. Hmm, ecstasy. Now, I'm, I said that to my daughter several weeks ago. Ecstasy. So what do you think of when you think of ecstasy? Drugs. <laughs> Under the influence again. <laughs> Wow, we really are a culture that is addicted to the supernatural. We're just trying to get it in the wrong way. We really do want the supernatural. Well, that word ecstasy, yeah, I think of the drug ecstasy. But ecstasy, the drug, is to get you to a heightened state that is not normal. Okay? And so theologians, I, I, I thought about changing it, but if you look at history and the theologians, how they have described the Spirit of God, this is how they've described him, the spirit of ecstasy. <laughs> to take you into a heightened state. To take you into a supernatural state. To do something supernatural in you. I want some ecstasy. I want to be in a heightened state. <laughs> I really do. I don't want artificial. I, I don't want a drug to do it. I don't want alcohol to do it. I want to be under the influence of a powerful Holy Spirit. I want to be best friends with Holy Spirit. I know Benny Hinn years ago, he wrote a book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I read it back then, and I probably need to read it, read it again. Because we can have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. He is a part of the Godhead. He is amazing. Holy Spirit, you are amazing. Amen. 
Even right now, Holy Spirit, you have been amazing this morning as you've swooped in here on our service. As you've come in and you've woven the tapestry of love and power and a sound mind. And you've worked on our hearts this morning. You've said we are a rocket and that you're getting ready to propel us. That you don't want us sitting in one spot that you're trying to move us. (laughs) Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you, and I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would blow over these words. These words are your words, and I just ask that you would energize them by the power of your Spirit. Mm. You are good. You are good. Mm. (laughs) So we're going to talk about ecstasy today. You know, several weeks ago, we had the fire tunnel, and there there were several testimonies that came to me over the next week. Uh, one teenager, as they were leaving the fire tunnel, I said, come here a minute. And I said, what did you just feel? I said, what, what just happened to you? How many were here with the fire tunnel? Anybody experienced the fire tunnel? I tell you what, we are here till 2.30. We are here until 2.30 that day. And I want to say to the altar team, thank you, by the way. You guys were amazing. You were some diehards. Letting the Holy Ghost come through you. What do you think revival is going to look like? It's going to be on, be past 2.30, I promise you. We're going to be doing stuff in shifts. (laughs) It's going to be tap out time. Next person. Parking lot's going to be full. And it's not just going to be here. It's going to be in the other dead denominational churches that are everywhere in this community and everywhere around us. I'm telling you, it's coming. The church is pregnant. (laughs) I didn't know you could be pregnant for 14 years. No. It's going to be a big baby when it's delivered. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary in contending for what God wants to do in this city, in this region, and in our nation, and in this world. I'm just getting warmed up. That's okay. I think I know where I'm going. They're going to get blowed up. (laughs) Is that good enough? Schools are never going to be the same. (laughs) I'm not talking about going to the bathroom there. I'm talking about blowing up with Jesus, you know. All right, boy, bring it in, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Dude, I've been so messed up by the Spirit of God. I've been at a conference. I've been at a conference in Pennsylvania, and I'll tell you, for five days, I've been everything from crying to, to, to repenting to worshiping. I, my shoulders are hurting from worshiping the Lord so much. So I'm sorry, yes, but thank you. I'll get back to the bird, yeah, the teenager. As they came out of the fire tunnel, that's where we were at. Praise God, hallelujah. I'm normally a detailed guy. I think that's part of what God's getting rid of. He's getting free of me. You guys want to know about the teenager? Oh, thank you. So... Where was I? No. <laughs> the teenager came out of the fire tunnel, and I could see a tear going down her eye. 
And I said, hey, come here. What did you just experience? Because, man, I was up here going, if you got a testimony about what God just did, come to, and nobody would come to me. <laughs> I was starting to get a complex. <laughs> and so I came up to her and I said, what did God just do to you? I've never been so happy. I said, oh, good. More. <laughs> I got home and I said, Rebecca came up to me and she gave me permission to embarrass the daylights out of her, so that's good. No. And, I, and she goes, Dad, man, I'm so glad you did that fire tunnel. She goes, man, that was powerful. We need to do that more often. And I said, well, I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> Bethel's been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, what'd you experience? She goes, man, I just, I would cry. And then she goes, I was just, she didn't put this words, I put this words on it. She goes, I just had so much joy. She was baptized in joy. Yeah. And, and she just, she just was laughing and laughing. I talked to somebody else, and they said there was just these prophetic words and words of knowledge that came over that as I went through, it started here, and then when I got here, there was this, this word person said boldness, and then this person said boldness, and by the time I got to the end, I was bold. <laughs> and, and, and I had direction for my life by the time I got to the end. And, and I'm going to really embarrass the person because for two, two Sundays now, they've come up to me with the word, Chad Cooper. Amen. I mean, he said, I got boldness. And, and there was a boldness that came over me. And I started getting direction. And you heard the, the word today about a rocket. Well, I said, well, he said, no, I don't want to share it public. I said, oh, you're bold. No, 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 no. You're bold. You told me you're bold. That's who you are. No, bold man of God. You get up here and declare the word of the Lord and say what vision you saw. Uh, I ain't going to let you go backward, you big boy. <laughs> Holy Spirit. I'm talking about what I'm talking about, wind. That, that God demonstrated wind and he, he, he demonstrated his breath of the Holy Spirit through that fire, fire tunnel. And I had several other testimonies about what God, what God had done. And, and I just praised the Lord that the prophetic words were shared and, and the Spirit of God manifested himself with signs and wonders. Amen? And I'm sure somebody else, I, I would really encourage you, if you have a testimony about what the Lord did during the fire, fire tunnel, we want to tell people about that stuff. Why? Not to verify me, not to prove anything to me, but to give glory to God. People need to see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I find. When the Holy Spirit comes on me, okay, I cry. Okay? I cry. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you may shake. Yep, right. Now, I'll be honest with you. Can I get real real? I've always struggled with shakers. <laughs> But I repent. I'm not saying that to embarrass any shakers. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I am not going to put people in a box. It's going to get ugly. It's probably going to get ugly. I mean, when the Spirit of God moves, there's so much garbage inside of us, some of that stuff needs to shake out.
Because where I'm going when I'm talking about in the Old Testament, when I talk about the spirit of ecstasy, we're talking about the spirit of God coming on you in such a way that you don't act normal. You're in a heightened state. You're in a different plane. Now, what we do is when the Spirit of God manifests on people, what we do is we do what I said about, and I made a joke for a point. We, we criticize the orange pants that I think really are pretty. Honestly, I do. I really do like them. I am not being sarcastic. You may be, but I'm not. <laughs> but what we do is we, we, we judge and we become critical of the manifestation. We all do it. I mean, I was at the conference, and bless God, I, I was trying to stay in the Spirit, and I kept jumping out of the Spirit and getting in the flesh. And I would jump back in the Spirit because there was all kinds of manifestation. But this lady, she walks right down the middle of the aisle in a bride dress. And naturally, she was making a prophetic declaration that we are the bride of Christ. But my flesh was going, you know, this gal's wanting attention. We've all done it. We've all done it. And she would parade back up and back down and back up. 2,000 people here. I mean, she was going all over the place, you know. And flesh. She's not trying to get attention. It's the Lord. It's not. It's the flesh. No, it's not the flesh. I was kind of bipolar for a moment. It doesn't matter what I think. Can I have an amen on that? It really doesn't matter. You're, as we move into the things of the Spirit, you're going to have to either shut your eyes or shut up. If you can't handle what's going up here, and I realize not all of it is the Spirit. I know that. It's okay. At least they're trying. So if you want to just sit on your butt and not experience the Spirit of God, sit on your butt. That or go out to the bathroom and take a dump. Something. Because the Spirit of God is going to move. Now, I'm talking to myself, okay? And I'm just hoping somebody else hears me. It's going to get weird. Not everybody will be led of the Spirit and they will want to act like it. But that does not deny the fact that the Holy Ghost moves in ecstasy. He moves in power. And he has been neutered. For the sake of us looking good. Of us being dignified, decent, and in order. Now this is not giving us a license to be stupid. This is not giving us a license to 
be disrespectful of other people's worship space while you go on convulsions in the glory realm and you knock people over. I mean, no, we're, 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 we're not talking about that. We are going to be very respectful of other people's worship space. Can I have an amen? This isn't even where I was going, okay? But we're going there right now. But we all struggle with the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us, we all struggle. Even at the conference, one of the main speakers said he struggles with the manifestations of the Spirit. And uh, I really appreciated his heart, and I really appreciated it. I didn't get to go to the session. Tom went to the session where he talked more about it. And um, we all struggle with how the Holy Spirit manifests himself on and through people. But today I'm going to talk about, even in the Old Testament, how the Holy Spirit manifested himself in his people. That it is not just a charismatic thing that we're experiencing today. The Holy Spirit was coming in the spirit of ecstasy even in the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about how even in the Old Testament, after the prophets and after the prophets, the Spirit of God would come upon them and they would prophesy. I mean, prophecy is not a New Testament thing. <laughs> prophecy is in, is in the Old Testament and New Testament. The gifts of the Spirit, I mean, they are there. It's just they've been... They've been heightened after the new covenant with God, and as he sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in you instead of on you. In the Old Testament, he came on you, but now he's, he's residing in my temple, and I have become the very temple of the Holy Ghost, and I need to feed him. <laughs> so, at any rate, are you guys with me so far? So the manifestations of the Spirit of God in the Old Testament where we're going to start because what we're doing is we're building a foundation in the Word because we want the Spirit and the Word. We want to, know, we want to be able to back up our experience. We can't make experience the Bible. <laughs> we have to make sure our experience lines up with the Bible. <laughs> Amen. And so the spirit of ecstasy. So we're going to talk about the spirit of ecstasy and we're going to talk about a few examples. Dear goodness, it's noon? Wow. You guys are... <laughs> well, we have to definitely hear from the Spirit of God, don't we? Absolutely. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. What I'm going to do is I am going to go where the Lord tells me to go, and we'll just do what we do. What we do. So the Spirit of Ecstasy... And probably what it'll be is, and probably the Lord, I'm sure this is the Spirit of God. I'm sure he's wanting to get you guys, there's probably people that aren't here today that need to be here today. I mean, we have a lot of people missing. And maybe you guys need to tell your friends to come next Sunday because I'm going to go into this more. I'm going I'm to give us a, an introduction to the Spirit of Ecstasy right now. And, and, I'm, what I'm, what I'm, and, and it's probably, you know, it probably is the Spirit of God because I even did something different. Have you noticed in your bulletin today that in your bulletin there are notes? There are actually scriptures. Everybody pull your bulletin out. There's scriptures. I had Connie do that this week. And I, I gave her the scriptures that I was going to go to as we were talking about the spirit of ecstasy. It's probably going to be a good thing that you probably even marinate yourself in these stories. Here's what I want to encourage you to do is the passages that are on the bulletin. Um, what are those scriptures, Alex? Say them out loud. Exodus 33, 11. Deuteronomy 
Judges 15, 14 through 15. 1 Samuel 10, 6, 7, and 1. Or, sorry, 10, 6, and 7. 1 Samuel 10, 9 through 11. 1 Samuel 16, 13. There's a bunch there. There's a bunch of scripture in there, and, and these are the scriptures that I'm going to really go into on the spirit of ecstasy. But it's really important that you guys take these scriptures home with you. You know what you could do is you could take each day, you could take Monday, and you could take Exodus 33. Now, here's the deal. You can't just read Exodus 33, 11. If you're going to get the context of what was going on in the spirit and what God was doing through Moses in that passage, you're going to have to read a whole lot more that just is the passage where it talks about how Moses was a friend to God and he spoke with God face yeah. to face. Yeah. But you've got to go back because what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to paint a picture when it comes to the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the spirit of ecstasy, if you can look at every one of these scriptures that I gave you, every one of them, the spirit of ecstasy came upon them for a purpose. There was an assignment that God had on their life. And the assignment was being propelled by the power of God, by the Spirit of God. And it required the Spirit of God, the supernatural power of God, in order to do what God was wanting done. And so the experience of Holy Spirit is not just to give you a high. It's not just so you feel good on worship on a Sunday morning and get your jive on. There is a purpose by which Spirit comes, and He comes in and works through you. There's always an, a purpose and an assignment behind it. And I want you to look at those scriptures and find out what was the assignment of Moses? What was the assignment uh, uh, of David? What was the assignment of, the, of these scriptures here? What was God trying to accomplish when He moved on them? Why was Samson so strong? God was bringing deliverance to the children of Israel, and he was trying to break off the bondage that the Philistines had put on God's people, and he was trying to use Samson. He anointed Samson by the power of the Spirit, and he made him so strong in order to deliver God's people. Amen. It wasn't just so I could have a <clears throat> biceps the size of 42 inches. No, there was a purpose. so many people's hearts, Lord. Oh, you don't know where I'm going, though. Okay, I'll say it that way. What churches become in worship with the Holy Spirit, sometimes we're just having sex with ourselves. We're heading to have ecstasy without covenant. We're wanting to feel good. We're not wanting to do something for our king. We're just wanting to self-gratify ourselves with the Spirit, and we don't want to be the rocket. We want to be fueled, and we want to be on fire for my own pleasure.
called spiritual masturbation. And I've done it. I wanted to feel good. I'm not wanting the Holy Spirit. I'm wanting pleasure. <laughs> you hear my heart? The Holy Spirit, He is precious. He's not to be used for your benefit. That's what we do in marriages all the time. In marriages, we get in marriages to, for my benefit. It's really not about covenant, it's not about love. It's how can it benefit me? Many times we come to church and how can the church benefit me? Well, they're not using my gift. They're not letting me do. They're not, it, it's, it's really about me getting my thing on. Ooh, that's heavy. It's Holy Spirit. We have prostituted ourselves to the Spirit of God. And we've made the Spirit of God for our benefit rather than there was a purpose that God used Samson. There was a purpose that God used Moses. And the Spirit of God came on them in power. There was this ecstasy that came upon them for the purpose of God. And I'm telling you, we are on the heels of revival in this nation. There is a move that God is wanting to do by the power of His Spirit. But can he trust us to steward it if it's all about us and our pleasure? I'm being convicted by the Spirit of God, guys. I really am. I'm being convicted by the Spirit of God. He's changing my heart. I've made mistakes. And if I've offended you with the words that I've used, I really am not sorry. Because we really need to be startled off of our complacency. I don't want to go all way left or all way right, but I think we need a real wake up. I need a real wake up. And if I need a wake up, you need a wake up. And so, the spirit of ecstasy that we're going to talk about this week, actually we're going to go into it next week now. What I ask you to do is I ask you that you take these scriptures and I ask you to be like the Bereans. The Bereans in the New Testament, they took what Paul said and they began to really go after the word to find out if what he was saying was really true. And what I ask you to do is that you would take these scriptures this week. I'm going to preach them on it next week. And I'm going to go into it because I think, that, I think there's something here. Probably what the Lord's doing is he's probably wanting to prepare your heart for next week. Today you're getting a little startled. You're getting a little, ooh, there's a weightiness to this. And if this weightiness, I pray that it causes you to come back and want more. Uh, because I think the Spirit of God's going to do something in our hearts to change the way we think. Because if the Spirit of God, if we're going to be different, if we're going to take uh, God at His Word and we're going to go where God wants us to go as a church and as a people, it's only going to be through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. 
And I tell you what, I, I would much rather close church down than to do church without the Spirit of God. There's a lot of churches doing church without the Spirit of God. And, and, and you can, 95% of what most churches are doing today, they're doing in the strength of the flesh and not by the Spirit. And church, we're, we're, we're knocking on that door as well. Oh, we have wonderful worship. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. We, we love to jig for Jesus. And there is a presence. There is a tangible presence of the Lord here. So I know God is endorsing where we're going. I know he's here. I know the Holy Spirit. And, and there is an honor and a reverence. But there is something God is wanting us to move in. And the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. And I've not been very forceful. I've been forceful, forceful in the wrong way. Sorry, getting used to my glasses. Keep wanting to fall off. Hmm. So, would you guys be willing to read those scriptures this week? Would you, begin, would you be willing to take them and look at the context of what God was trying to accomplish? Don't get so fixated on what the Spirit of God did. That's awesome and it's good. But it's, it, it would be, if we get fixated on what the Spirit of God did, we would lose sight of what God was trying to accomplish. And that's where churches can get into just signs and wonders for signs and wonders' sake. Okay? If you just pay attention to what the sign was. But the sign was there, and it was pointed to a greater reason and a greater purpose. It's like if I held a stop sign up right here, or I said, uh, Mount Summit, state park in an arrow that way you wouldn't go to the park and stop at the sign the sign is directing you towards something and that's what the sign was these signs and wonders when god moved upon these men and women in the old testament they were assigned to something else there was something coming there was something god was doing and there was a purpose and so we can't get so fixated on signs and wonders that we worship signs and wonders they're the sign and a wonder of something greater Are you hearing me? And so we want signs and wonders. By golly, they're the they're their confirmation of what is being declared. But we're not seeking signs and wonders for signs and wonders' sake. They're always pointing to something. These men and women of the word of the Old Testament, they were doing something for God. They were on assignment, and God was confirming what he was doing through them with the sign and the wonder. But it was still Holy Spirit that was doing it. Moses just was just coming in agreement as he laid down the staff and the water parted as Moses laid down his staff and it became a snake and then he picked it up and it became a, when Moses puts his hand in his cloak and he brings it out and it's leprous and then he puts it back in and it's not he says I'm going to be with you Moses this is the sign that I am with you put your hand in your cloak and he puts it in he said now take it out and it was leprous God put leprosy on his hand and he puts it back in, and he looks at it, and it was okay. And he was, what he was doing, he was encouraging Moses in the Lord. He was saying, I am with you. I am doing this that I've put in your heart. There is dreams and destiny in your guys' heart. There are things that God wants you guys to accomplish, and it is only going to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Only. And so we have to mind the Holy Ghost. We have to begin to have a greater relationship with it. Now understand the foundation by which we put our building 
that make sense? Amen. Stand up with me. You got an introduction. How's that? You like that introduction? We'll give the Lord praise for it then. Amen. Thank you, God. I really want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you to invite a friend next week. I really, maybe you know some people that have been a part of the New Covenant and they're out missing. I mean, we have a lot of people that are going through some struggles. And you've seen the, the seat's not as full. There's a reason. There's people struggling. They're going through stuff. And they need to hear this word. You know, we, we can get really discouraged in pushing and contending for the things of God. When they don't, it doesn't happen the way we want. I have sharing with somebody out at the Welcome Center. You know, we're pregnant and we're getting ready to birth something. And it's really easy to get discouraged when you've been birthing that for 20 years. And it's really easy when you're standing for something in God and you haven't seen it come to pass. But I want you to tell you, man, there is a wind blowing. There is a wind blowing. And the enemy is trying to devour the baby. In Revelations 12, it talks about the red dragon. And the baby, the, the, the woman is, is pregnant with something. A child, and the Bible says it's a man-child, <laughs> fully developed child. And the enemy wants to, he wants to steal dreams and visions. Matter of fact, there's some people here where it's like, <laughs> the dream that's in my heart, buddy, that's a pipe dream. That thing's been so dead, it's gone. <laughs> there's one gentleman here that's here. Monty, so your dream's not dead. Monty, your dream's not dead. It's not my accident you're here today, brother. And there's many men just like Monty and women in this congregation. You've been here a long time. Even my own dreams that are in my heart, some of them I've let die. And God's saying, oh, son, boy, you better resurrect them up. And so I'm asking for the Spirit of God to blow over our hearts and to reignite dreams and visions and things that we believe God for. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that every person that is standing in this congregation is not here by chance. They've come to this wild, wacky place that we call New Covenant that's home. And, Father, your Spirit is blowing. And Lord, I ask that you reignite dreams and visions. I ask God that you would pull out from the grave. <laughs> that you would pull out from the grave those dreams and those visions that were from you. And I even say to the, the ones that you may be here, that you say, ah, it just must have been my dream. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I say, rise up, dreams from God. Rise up! Spirit of God, blow over the coals of our hearts. Reignite dreams and visions and passions within our hearts. God, show us that you want to blow by the power of your Spirit on these dreams and these things that you've placed in our hearts. And I thank you, God, as you lay a foundation of the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I thank you that you are going to reignite things in our hearts. 
So, Father, prepare our hearts for your word. God, I thank you this week that your church is going to get into the word as never before. I thank you, God, that you're going to bring revelation as never before. I thank you, God, that you're going to breathe by the power of your spirit over. I thank you, God, that there's no devil in hell that come again, come against your church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But, Father, your kingdom shall come and your will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. There shall come an increase of your government in Jesus' name on this land. And I thank you, God, that there is a remnant. There is a people who are hungry for more of you. I thank you, God, that in this house that the people will be a rocket and they will be propelled by your grace. And so, Father, we're going to make declarations of what you've said and what you are wanting to do. And Father, I thank you for all the assignments. There's no one in here today, God, that doesn't have an assignment for you, that doesn't have an assignment from you. We have not been saved from something. We've been saved for something. And so, Father, I just thank you for moving on our hearts and taking us where you want to take us. And I pray that you would develop this message in my heart and in the hearts of your people. And that, Father, you would just move on our hearts. We thank you for what you're doing. Now, Father, we seal your word today. We seal what has been said and spoken. And I thank you, God, that your kingdom is going to manifest right here. We love you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.